0: The book dream inside you cannot wait. Never before have so many people questioned, what do I really want to be doing? For a lot of us, that means writing a book. Long deferred dreams, pandemic pause, and the solitude to make them happen means the time is now. The mechanics of book writing can seem mysterious, but they can be broken down, as can the logistical minefield of getting published. You need skills of the craft, but also practical advice from experts who've navigated the path. What's the arc to becoming an author? The value and peril of agenting, conducive editors, the formats to publish and ways to promote. We'll speak with writers, agents, editors, teachers, coaches, publicists, publishers, resources, and guides to navigate the way for those of us brave enough to bring our story to life. Drop in to your book dream and begin to make it real. And now here's your host, Diane Dewey
1: welcome to dropping in everyone it's the last weekend of april and we're headed into an eclipse according to nasa the partial solar eclipse on the evening of april 30th can be spotted in chile argentina uruguay and the antarctica eclipses are said to be catalysts they bring about change that move us out of our inertia similarly NaNoWriMo, the National Novel Writing Month, is a catalyst for writers. It began as a challenge for people to write 50,000 words of a novel in 30 days. Now, each year on November 1st, hundreds of thousands of people around the world begin to write determined to end the month with 50,000 words of a brand new novel. Here to talk about it is NaNoWriMo Community Manager, Letitia Jones. Welcome, Letitia. Great to have you with us.
2: Hi. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) It's great to be here.
1: So nice to have you. And I know you're speaking to us from the UK. So um, great that you can take time out of your day. We've got six months to think about it till November 1st. But are people already planning their NaNoWriMo attack? I mean, do you... Do you engage in support um, for people who are going to attack this thing uh, beginning on November 1st?
2: Yes, we do. Um, And over the years, uh, Nano has developed from strictly being an event that happens in November to now we have what's called Camp NaNoWriMo, um, which happens every April and July. Um, And right now we're finishing up our first Camp NaNo here in a couple of days. Um, And how that differs from the main event is that during camp, you can set your own word goals. Me, personally, I had my word goal set at 25,000 words for this camp, Um, and I'm just going to hit it at probably 26,000 words, hopefully tomorrow. Um, And so we try to support all of our participants um, throughout the entire year, whether it's um, Editing in December and January, or um, the now what months as we're calling them now, um, we partner with a few of our sponsors to do to do giveaways and workshops, so that it's not just something that happens in November, but you start to get into a good writing habit throughout the year, and you start to develop these skills, um, especially for those of us who want to be published authors, whether that's an indie author or traditional publishing. Um, but some people, this is just a hobby for them, but it's still nice that you can be good and proficient at something, even if it's just a hobby for you.
1: Right. And I think the, you know, accountability that comes from the support, um, of course, everyone's going to want to know the the website, which is nanowrimo.org. Um, and, you know, it, it's it's N A N O W R I M um, O. It's and it, you know, you participate in it, so you're you're right in the trenches with with people, um, you know, who are having you know the best the biggest obstacle is finding time to write or that is making time to write. Um, Nano officially became a nonprofit organization in 2006 with programs that support writing fluency in education, your website hosts more than a million writers. Uh, You serve, serve as a social network with author profiles, personal project libraries, and writing buddies. So I guess I'm wondering too, Letitia, you as, um, you know, kind of, you know, hands-on support, what do you, you know, like for the month of April, for example, or on an ongoing basis, what do you actually do and how do you reach out to people one-on-one to provide support?
2: So I'm the forum moderator. Um, So that means uh, my scope of influence is our First, our main site, then our forum site, and then our Young Writers Program site, Um, because we do have a Young Writers Program that's for our young people um, as young as 11 with parental permission all the way up to 17 years of age, Um, and then they graduate to the main site. Um, And so, uh, on a daily basis, I'm making sure people know how to navigate the website they know how to set up a profile. They know how to um, announce their challenge that they're participating. Um, and on the young writer side, you can actually write your novel on the site. So sometimes that's a little bit more technical and hands-on than it is on the main site for the adults, where we do not have the capabilities for you to write your novel on the site. Um, mm-hmm. On the old uh, platform that we used to use, you could actually add- you can actually upload your novel for the system to give you an official word count. But when we switch over to the new server, we did away with that um, capabilities and some of our participants wants to see it comes back. And so that's something that we're looking at possibly bringing back in the future. Um, but me personally, I like just entering my own word count and it makes me feel a little bit more accountable that way. Um, mm-hmm. And so I um I answer questions. Sometimes um the new participants they have a lot of questions with well where do I post this? How do I do this? What's the the trademark laws in Thailand about using Coca Cola in my novel? Um mm-hmm. so it's it's more than just the mechanics of the website. It's it's answering these questions, finding these resources, it's building um wiki pages for nano so that some of these frequently asked questions we have this um, library of information um, for people to just click and find the information so that it's at their fingertips and at their convenience and it's easy for them to find.
1: So then the users um you know the the, the Rimo the Rimos um of which in 2021 there were 427,653 writers participating in your programs including 90,561 students and educators in the young writers program so you as uh, you started out as a municipal liaison there's 842 volunteer mls gu- guiding 671 mm-hmm. regions on six continents so suffice it to say you're global um and i guess what i 'm wondering is then, for everybody that you know logs on and becomes a RIMO, is this a free is this a free service and you know if so, how does it get funded
2: Yes, everything that um, we provide is free outside of um, the merchandise that that we sell in our store, and um, for educators and students, um, we offer free classroom kits, um, which includes um, the writing notebook for students, which walks them through the steps of creating a story and characters and building their world to actually helping them write their novels. Um, And it's a resource for um, teachers and educators. So um, when I started with my nephew, we participated through this program through our church at first. And then um, as he got older, um, I got two of his uh, elementary classes to sign up for it. Um, and so that program is still going strong and I'm proud to say, but my nephew doesn't participate in Nano anymore. He's more of a gamer, not a writer. Um, okay. But the main site the main site <laughs> is free. And we're funded by our participants um, giving us small donations. I think um, in one month, we had the same person donate 32 separate times which we're all so excited about um, because it, it really means they, they bought into the vision with us and they, they believe in what we do and they're excited to support us. Um, and we also have large uh, donor sponsorships. One of our longest-standing sponsorships is with um, Scrivener, which they always give us just such fantastic deals for our participants, um, me personally, I don't use Scrivener because I'm, I'm a Mac user, so I use another software when we started out, and so I just I don't want to switch over because, yeah, as a writer, we like what we like, and it works for us. Um, right. And we're funded by other outside organizations um, that we apply to. Uh, we're always uh, applying for new funding and things like that to, to help take the burden off our participants um, because we understand life happens, and sometimes... That they can't donate, and we don't want them to feel bad if they can't donate. Um, so we're we're constantly applying for outside funding and things like that um, and offering new things in our store for participants as well. We try to offer um, T-shirts and mugs and and pens and notebooks, things that most writerly people <laughs> would like. I know I have a raging mug addiction myself, so I have Several nano mugs in my house. And I get excited every year when new merchandise drops.
1: I understand you hoard your mugs, Letitia. And that that that's an endearing trait. You know, you've got to keep these things. As you say, writers like what they write. Scrivener is an app. It's maybe not for everybody, but it's a cool thing. And um, you know, you, you know, people talk about writing with a specific kind of pen, writing on a specific kind of paper. That's the old days, the old analog days. Um, I'm wondering if you do, if you, you know, if you are a young User and the, I, I think the the education piece of this is interesting to me. I mean, do you feel as though Nanorimo is filling a filling a gap in education, in writerly education, for some young people around the world? Um, because I, I really want to try to understand how it's gotten so big. So incredibly popular and so resonant with so many people starting at a very young age. Is it, is it filling a gap that's not happening in schools?
2: I think we're bridging the gap between sort of that, that I have to write because my English teacher is telling me to write this poem to this is actually fun because I'm sitting in a room with other people who are writing and we're vibing together, we're laughing, and we're joking, and then we have 30 solid minutes of writing, and I'm, and I'm getting stuff done. Um, so I think we've found that little place where we can exist, where we're a bridge between the two worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, because for me, I found Nano when I was actually in the U.K. Um, I was here studying abroad, and I was um, walking through the Arts and Humanities building, and there was a, a notice board with the little pull tabs that you can pull, and mm-hmm. it said, you want to be a writer, join NaNoWriMo. And it had the little tab with the website, and I went to it, and I was like, oh, this sounds really interesting. And I signed up for it and completely forgot about it, and then I flew to Dublin for reading week, and I was like, oh, I was going to do this NaNo thing. So I'm, I'm sitting in the Temple Bar, and if you've ever been there, is not a place to start writing a novel.
1: It's not quiet. <laughs> I'm sitting yeah.
2: there with, like, bar napkins trying to write out my story, you know, while very raucous drinking is happening, and I only got 10,000 words done that year, but it was amazing that I was 2,000 miles away from home, that I, I stumbled across this thing, and it... Is now become part of my life, a, a huge part of my life. And I think for, for most, uh, that's, that's how it starts and how we get drawn in and it's infectious. And we, mm-hmm. we love it so much. We want to, I guess, infect other people with <laughs> the NaNoWriMo spirit. And, and so I think that's why we we've, we've been so successful and why we can get the excitement of, especially of kids, you know, Because for children, it's like sometimes you need that constant influx of incitement and something new. And I think that's what we provide for them and what we help teachers tap into to keep children interested in writing 10,000-word novels every November.
1: Right. And you're not the first person. I think there's a rich tradition, right, of of writing in Irish bars. I feel as though you followed a long line, you know, Yeats, Joyce, you name it. There's, you know, people who have been writing in bars for ages. And so maybe you just tapped into a DNA and on the back of napkins. Perfect. Um, But one of the things you, you know, you sort of alluded to there, Letitia, is is that writers, far from being, you know, absolutely craving solitude, Are social creatures, so for young people, maybe it's just more fun to be, yeah, in a room writing with you know 30 other people. That's a different kind of experience, Um, and I think it's maybe incentivizing to have fun, right? I think you know you've tapped into something there. That's well, clearly it's it's working. Um, There are 406 libraries, bookstores, and community centers have opened their doors to novelists through the Come Write In program. 51,507 campers tackled a writing project, whether it's a novel or not, at Camp NaNoWriMo. So, I mean, it's something that's growing by leaps and bounds. And I wonder, in the couple minutes we have until we take a commercial break, do you foresee it continuing to grow?
2: I I foresee it continuing to grow so we reach every, every corner of the globe. Um, and every year we're seeing um, new countries added. Um, we're really working on make, uh, getting the site translated into different languages so that we're more inclusive um, because we understand, you know, even a majority of people speak English and are learning English, that it would be nice, you know, for a Mandarin speaker to log in and, and see their own language and to be able mm-hmm. to interact. With us in that manner, um, and so we're we're shooting for the moon um, on on the the HQ side of Nano because we we believe in this and and we believe that everyone um, should have the chance to participate in this. I know uh, as a participant, um, the first time uh, Chris Beatty logged into one of our uh, Streamed uh, write-ins and and spoke to us like the whole room. It was <laughs> it was like I guess meeting Harry Styles. We were all excited and flushed, <laughs> and we were listening to him. And and it was almost like there was there wasn't a dry eye in the house. And he was just so inspirational and and amazing and and of course very um, very writerly, just overly dramatic, you know. And, and we know he was sort of putting on a show for us. Um, but he, he was just awesome and if I hadn't bought into the dream before then after getting to meet him I was fully on board with it and I just want to share that sort of effervescence with the rest of the world so that we all buy into the nano dream.
1: <laughs> well it's so exciting um, you, you know you've hosted authors drafting novels like Water for Elephants, Fool and Fangirl and um, you know you it's totally spontaneous, right? Like someone can drop in and light the fire of you know everyone that's in that room. It's it's so cool, and you can reach so many more people. Um, we have just a moment to the commercial break, but I'm also thinking a lot about um, you know the fact that people feel less heard in our world today, and there's maybe more to be upset about. Um, do, you, do you think that that factors in with the desire for people to make a statement and get a book out?
2: Uh, exactly. Um, and, and through our partnership with We Need Diverse Books, that's exactly what we're doing. Um, and it's not to say that writers can't write about something that they haven't lived, um, you know, uh, Memoirs of a Geisha is obviously not written by an actual Geisha, but it's still a book that resonates with all of us. And, and it was a beautiful book that turned into an amazing movie, but it was not written by an actual Japanese Geisha. Mm-hmm. So I think as, as more and more people, um, I guess, become switched on and more socially conscious, uh, they want to tell their lived experiences and their story. And the world needs that. We, we need yes. inclusivity. We need equity. We need diversity. And, and yes. so Nano wants to, to cultivate that and nurture that, um, right. which is why we're working so hard on having the website be translated into people's native languages so that that helps with the inclusion and helps them feel like they're actually part of this and not something that we're speaking at them, that they're yeah. in a conversation with us.
1: Cool. Well, Letitia Jones, we're going to take a commercial break here. We'll be right back with more uh, about NanoRimo, the Fitbit tracker of words for writers. Don't go away. We'll be right back on dropping in.
0: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. She Writes Press is an independent publishing company founded for women writers everywhere. Together with sister company Spark Press, serving men and women, it is both mission-driven and community-oriented. The aim is to serve writers who wish to maintain greater ownership and control of their projects while getting the highest quality editorial help possible, traditional distribution, and an in-house marketing and publicity team. In 2019, She Writes Press was named Indie Publisher of the Year. You can find out more on SheWritesPress.com. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain
1: firing really fast
0: all the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to. Dropping In with Diane Dewey. We'd love to hear from you if you have a question or comment about the show. Send us an email to diane at diane com. That's diane at diane com. Now, back to Dropping In.
1: Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back with Letitia Jones, Community Manager for NaNoWriMo. And what a community it is, Letitia. Uh, you have... Um, you do host real-world writing events in cities from Mexico City to Seoul, Korea, to Milwaukee, with the help of 900-plus volunteers uh, in thousands of partnering libraries and community centers. So, you know, this is really a network like none other. I feel as though there's no um, comparable organization to NaNoWriMo. It's, it's become its own world, its own entity and, um, you know, its own spirit, uh, which clearly is needed in this world. So, we we talked just a minute ago about people not feeling heard and needing to write their stories. The fact that you have such broad reach means we finally get to hear voices that we wouldn't ordinarily hear. So, this is a, a completely beautiful thing. I also wonder about the idea of, you know, Heard herd mentality sort of breaking down, right? Like people they don't wanna go along. You can't go along necessarily with what your government is doing necessarily or your political party or you know, there's such a sense of you know dissonance and maybe with with, with what's going on in the world and a sense of wanting to speak out if it's not about a particular issue. But just asserting yourself as an individual rather than following expectations. I know many writers who have given up careers after having had a successful career in some other thing. Have um, you know come out of business, corporate life, law, um, and are now wanting to write. So what kinds of things do you attribute that to? I mean, you're thinking about it and maybe what led you to start writing and, um, you know, now you're still participating. What, what continues to motivate you to do this? And other writers, do you think?
2: So for, for me, it's, it's that sense that we need diverse books um, because as... Um, an African-American girl growing up, there there was very few um, things in the media that I could consume that, that reflected me that looked like me. Um, I think the first time I saw a black person in a fantasy role was when I saw Storm in the old X-Men cartoons, and I was absolutely blown away um, because while Storm didn't look like me, she was... Black and, and and that sort of that that wasn't when I became interested in being a writer because my the first thing that I wrote was um, Michael Jackson thriller fan fiction <laughs> <Perfect>. <laughs> in the early eighties, <laughs> but it was sort of the first time that I knew that as a black person I could create content or media that might inspire. Someone else who might not be reflected in mainstream to, to do something else. And so that's what gets me every, um, October pre- participating in nano prep or prep um, to gear up for nano to keep, to keep going because it might be a, another, uh, little black girl or a little girl or, or someone else that read something I write that says, Hey, I can do that too. Or, Hey, I can dream to do this. You know, mm-hmm. if if I want to be a unicorn, I, I can dream to be that, <laughs> you, you know, these fantastical ideas that, that we have. And I think um, never before have we seen such embracement of things that we would have ordinarily called nerd things and, and written it off as just, Oh, there's just a bunch of D and D nerds doing things. You know, now Mm -hmm. we have Marissa Mayer um, participating in nano. We have books like night circus and waters for elephants coming out of nano. Um, And so, Nano has gone mainstream and and we have great YouTubers like Natalia Lee participating in, in, in Nano, um, and being one of our, our, our coaches and and one of the great friends of Nano. So it feels like we've crossed over in, into everything. We have great companies like Scrivener and Drabble and Word Anvil, um, partnering with us and, and things like Mm -hmm. that. And it's and it was all born from an idea from a single person who thought hey let me share this zany thing that i do with the world and mm-hmm. now we we have korean participants mandarin speakers arabic speakers we have maori participants um and and it's it's just amazing that i get to meet and interact with with people you know 10,000 miles away from me that we might speak a different language, be a different race or a creed or different ages, but we meet on NaNoWriMo.org and, and we talk about our characters and mm-hmm. we can vibe with each other and, and get excited about what we're writing and, and it's like accountability and it's fun and it, it's completely amazing, you know for a, a little
1: nerd kid who used to carry her Ghostbusters lunchbox to school and get picked on for it. Well, <laughs> yay ner- yeah, yay nerd culture for sure. And I think, you know, writing as <laughs> a connector, right, is it definitely you end up talking about subjects that, you know, you if you had to do small talk first would take you hours. You know, you dive in right in the middle and you start talking about, you know, your your childhood or um, how you felt as an outsider or what it's like to not belong. And NanoRimo, let's face it, satisfies a very deep need to belong and to connect um, at a real and even practical level. Um, I wondered if this one person that you spoke of was Grant Faulkner, who is your executive director. Was he the founder as well of NaNoWriMo?
2: No, so our founder is Chris Beatty. Um, oh, okay. And so this this started in 1999 uh, when the website was just one of those old AOL forums. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and it grew from there. Um, and, and Chris uh, stepped down to pursue his own writing goals. Um, and he has since pre- um, published a few books. He's um, published two um, sort of NaNoWriMo how-to manuals that um, I I hope every participant has gotten a hold of because they're they're very amazing books with a lot of great um, anecdotes and and ways to be a winner at the end of November 30th that you're sitting there with your 50,000 words. Um, Mm -hmm. But Grant has been leading the helm for for a few years since Chris stepped down um, and and Grant's is just simply amazing. No. Um, he he's someone who fully buys into the vision, and he's so passionate about it that it's, it's like a babbling brook. It's just really, he's really sweet to listen to him, and and you can even through the phone because I've never met him in person. I, I can feel how how much he loves this organization and wants it wants it to do well through a computer screen, and and that's, that's something that not everyone has. Yes, because uh, I don't no. think I have it, but but Grant has it in in just gallons.
1: <laughs> you know. Oh, well, you're you're pretty you're pretty passionate. You're you can tell that there's a, a lit fire there. Um, and I have listened to Grant um, speak. Actually, with Brooke, in conversation with Brooke Warner, publisher at She Writes Press, and the thing is, let's face it, Leticia, some of the most meaningful people in our world, in our lives will never meet. We haven't met, and we may never meet. It's, it's really okay. Um, you know, technology is, is the thing that, is, that binds us. Um, I'm pretty surprised Apple isn't on board. They should be. Uh, perhaps and um, you know that that brings to mind another question. I mean, I think you're eminently qualified as a community m- manager for NaNoWriMo. Your background: you have a Master's of Art, in, uh, Master's of Arts in Creative Writing from Manchester Metropolitan University, and you're speaking to us today from the UK, where it's an extraordinary sunny day. I'm completely mind boggled. And then you have a Master's of Science. In business analytics from uh, from the same school, Manchester Metropolitan U, you, and you've just graduated. Congratulations!
2: <laughs> Thank you so much.
1: <laughs> um, but let's touch on let's touch on one of the other paradigms crumbling that may also feed into this surge of interest and participation in nano-rimo, and that is the publishing industry, um, which, thank goodness, is dismantled in a way that has allowed a lot of people access to publishing that they would have never had before. There are many more avenues of publishing. And I wondered, you know, when a person is sitting there proudly with their 50,000 words, does the support from NaNoWriMo continue? Do you get, you know, a kind of hands-on help with resources to then take the next step if you want to and publish your work to the world or edit it and then publish it?
2: So we have what's called the Now What Month, um, which is the December, January, but officially February, where we answer the question, you've written 50,000 words, now what? And, and and so we first uh, want to tell people, you've written 50,000 words, but it probably needs a little bit of work because during November, we encourage people to just put your behind in a chair and just write. Don't stop to edit. Don't try to make it pretty. Just get the story out of you because that's, that's the hardest part, admittedly, is putting words on the page. And so, we understand that if you've written 50,000 words, and, and we have overachievers who write more than 50,000 words in a month, um, but it's probably not publishable material. And so we encourage people to kind of take a month off in December and be with your your family and celebrate your achievement, but then come back in the new year and let's tackle this thing, getting it edited, getting it polished getting it before some sensitivity readers, depending on your subject matter or your topic, get it of some beta readers just to gauge how people like your story or to see if you have plot holes or if your characterizations make sense. And then we have on the website places where you can hire um, editors, place where you can find publishers and agents because Nano does not actually publish Um anything Mm -hmm. in and of itself. Um, we've hosted contests where, um, you can get your stuff in front of actual agents. Um, we've partnered with Pitch a um, over the years and, and things like that. And while I wish Nano did have the capacity to publish, (laughs) we Mm -hmm. we just don't. Um, and, and so we want to help our participants as much as we can, um, and get them connected with um, traditional publishing if they wish to go that route, indie publishing if they wish to go that route, or just um, simply get their novel bound and printed. Um, I know we work with um, Amazon KDP a lot. Um, We've worked with other organizations that just offer, if you've won, we'll give you 50% off printing your novel if you just want to have a printed copy of, of your successful Ah, uh, completion of nano so mm-hmm. we we try to support um, the participants through the life cycle of their novel or their so, script or their memoirs.
1: So helpful, and also, you know I think now you're you're really um your mission and you are a non-for-profit as well your mission is you know mm-hmm. writing fluency and education so so that that does deviate from you know the the, the machine of, of publishing no matter how small that is, it could be an indie publisher. And thank goodness, there are all these different options now. And writers are sitting there, potential writers who may be listening, are sitting there thinking, wow, I thought this was like a big, scary, hairy process. And here's all these people willing to help me um, and and access all this info, this good info that I need to do this. Um, uh, and I wondered, you know, if you even as a NaNoWriMo, um, you know, community manager, do you do you find that there's still a psychological hurdle of, well, can I write a book or has NanoRimo actually broken that down to the point where people feel like, yes, I absolutely can do it. You've provided a number of role models and incentives and goodies and competitions um, do, you, do you find that you've actually broken down the barrier of people thinking that they can actually do something like this? We have a minute to the break, but if you could comment.
2: Um, I, I think we absolutely have, because um, I think people sit and they they see the, the big names in publishing and it sort of frightens them that, oh, my work is never going to be Shakespearean, or my work is is never going to be like Marissa Mayer or or, or J.K. Rowling or Dan Brown. But then you come onto the the website and you see hundreds of thousands of writers who um, are trying to do the exact same thing that you're doing, and you see that hey, Marissa Mayer's on the website, she's she's writing. You see, Erin Morganson, she's on the website, and and she's writing. Or uh, Rachel Aaron, you see her on the website, and and you see them writing and answering questions sometimes in the forums um, and encouraging writers with pep talks and and things. And and you see um, other members of HQ on the forums as well, just trying to sort of take this idea of being a writer out of the clouds and sort of bring it back down to earth. That is the one of the most accessible careers that anyone can inspire to have if they want to be a published author, that anyone can do it. And it doesn't yes. have to be, you don't have to write in English. You don't have to write, you know, in, in traditional left to right, things like that. It's accessible at whatever learning level um, or learning experience or writing experience that you're at. And, and I think that's where our, Um, MLs really, really come into play, and which is why we're so thankful for them volunteering their time with us, is that they help take this grand idea and break it down and put it on the ground for our
1: participants. Absolutely. Well, we are going to pause for a commercial break, but when we come back, we're going to continue the conversation with Letitia Jones, sorry, Letitia Jones of NaNoWriMo, who believes in the magic of the written word for everyone. Don't go away. We'll be right back on dropping in.
2: America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn.
0: Books Forward exemplifies excellence in book marketing and promotion, representing New York Times bestsellers, national award-winning books, and books that catch fire on social media and in the digital realm. Books Forward creates ambitious campaigns with unlimited possibilities for sparking buzz while creatively cutting through the noise. Your book deserves to launch with experts who have set the bar in the industry. To learn more, visit BooksForward.com or send us an email at info at BooksForward.com. A JKS communications company. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Dropping In with Diane Dewey. We'd love to hear from you if you have a question or comment about the show. Send us an email to diane at diane.dewey.com. That's diane at diane.dewey.com. Now, back to Dropping In.
1: Welcome back, everyone. We're here with Letitia Jones, community manager for NaNoWriMo. It's credited with getting a first draft out of a writer, which can be a huge accomplishment for those of us that had paragraphs or even snippets on our notes app or in notebooks, or as you had, bar napkins. Um, And how do you pull it all together is is really a big question. Um, How do you get yourself organized? And you, Letitia Jones, are also a polymath. You have a real life, uh, you know. You have a real job, uh, and you also are community online manager with NanoRimo. So most of the moderators are then, um, let's say, alumni of Nano of NanoRimo, and so there's lots of empathy with the process, right? Like with the inner critic that we all have and I what I'm getting from you in talking is just this spirit of well getting it out is really the first thing and so many of us are self-editing right because there's this you know sense of perfectionism we have to get it right you're sort of coming from a different approach is that correct? Trying to get it perfect You
2: might be trying to get the tone right for your main character, but then you forget the plot point that you had for them that you won in chapter four. And so we really, really encourage people to just sit down and just write, put your fingers on your keyboard and just write, write, write write, till you don't have it anymore. And then in the what, now what month, now we can sit down and look at the characterization or the plot hole, or you might be missing a subplot that you need. Um, But first, you have to get it out of you. You have to get it down on paper. You have to get it on your computer or a napkin, or on the back of a bus if you're writing with your finger. (laughs) So we're approaching it from we know it might not be a good first draft, but you've accomplished something. You wrote a first draft when november 1st you didn't
1: have that that's right when november 1st you were still teaching school or you know d- doing another kind of you know it job and you had it in your head and now it's the end of november and you've got it sitting there in front of you and you can plug the person into all the other resources that they may need to take the draft and and hone it further um, this is why I think you know this is such i mean to me it's such an interesting grassroots movement and you're in business analytics leticia what I mean have you ever experienced a phenomenon like this a global phenomenon um, and and do you feel that you know the pandemic impact or just social media impact these these factors have have meaning. But is it more the mission or how do you see it in terms of how this phenomenon has been so successful? Um,
2: I think social media helps and it has its place. Um, But we've actually seen a decline in social media interactions, but we're still getting more participants signed up. And I really, really think that's where the power of our participants and our MLs and our moderators come into play because they're actually our best advocates Um, because I wouldn't have been a participant if someone else hadn't put up that flyer in the school building. It it wasn't a tweet or a Facebook post or uh, a Tumblr post because this was 2010, so we didn't have Instagram (laughs) or, or any of that. Or, or TikTok. So it was a participant who made this flyer and put it up, and that's how I saw it. And so when I was in ML, I, I, I used Facebook and things like that, but it was really getting out there and putting up flyers in community centers and the library and the university where I did my undergraduate work, um, where I linked up with our writing program to host events as well. And so it was just the power of the participants, with, which has really gotten uh, NaNoWriMo out there and pushed us into the mainstream. Social media has helped because we do have a Twitter sprint team that during the month of November, they run writing sprints, which is always uh, wildly successful and everyone has a great time. But outside of that, it's really just the the power of our participants that has gotten us far and wide. Um,
1: across the globe, mm-hmm. and if someone's like you know fired up and and thinks, well, wow, I really like to kind of give back, and it's kind of a mentoring process to become a moderator. Um, you know, how do they reach out to you? And is it is it also a sign up on the website nanorimo dot um, So to become a municipal
2: liaison or a moderator. Um, We usually open um, our ML applications open um, around this time um, because we like to get our MLs in and and help them uh, and support them because a lot of them are brand new. They don't understand what they're doing. They're scared about being in charge of a a whole region. And sometimes the regions are pretty large, like New York City, London, and L.A. are just humongous regions that have four or five mLs because they're so large. Um, mm-hmm. But then we have some regions that are called elsewhere, which is just, you know, outside of it, outside of Atlanta and um, Orange County is like, but we're not really big, so we just lump them all together, and then they might just have one or two people. Um, and now we have virtual regions uh, now because we saw, um, even though some people – Really, really wanted in-person events, and and we couldn't do that because of the pandemic. Um, we saw that we were a lot more accessible to those participants who couldn't come to the right end. and so we want to keep supporting them and offering them um, events as well. And so um, every year we open up applications for MLs and open up applications for moderators um, because. You can be an ML without being a moderator. You can be a moderator without being an ML, or you don't have to be either. Um, Mm -hmm. And usually for um, MLs, we see a a good, healthy number of applications. A lot of them are returning MLs. And we rely on returning MLs to kind of nominate someone to replace them if they leave or if we split off and created a new region to nominate someone to take over that um, because, obviously, there's a boots on the ground we're not, I'm not even in the same country with <laughs> a lot of the ML mm-hmm. applications that we receive. Um, and so mm-hmm. we usually open them around, around the same time so that we give people time to settle into a nice groove before the main event in November starts.
1: Well, it's coming, and I'm starting to feel the tremors already. I remember, I remember speaking to a friend of mine saying, and she she was like, "Don't bother me. I'm I'm on I'm on NaNoWriMo. I'm like what is NaNoWriMo? She's like, you don't know, like you are so out of it. And that's why I'm so glad you you came to speak with us today, Letitia Jones. It's been such a pleasure. We just have a couple of minutes left. Um, And I guess there are prep classes to help us all, you know, get into the right mindset for, for November. Is that also available? And and what about getting ready for this big event, even though there are perennial resources on nanoramo.org all year long? What, what's happening for prepping?
2: So we do have um, nano prep, which starts in, in October. Um, and also um, uh, Rachel Stevens, who is a indie author on YouTube, she coined the phrase preptober, because she participates in Nano. Um, but there needed to be the, the time before it starts for you to get everything ready, because while we do have panthers, which are people who sit down on November 1st and just right by the seat of their pants, we have people who are plotters. I happen to be a plotter. I need to know the name of the tavern that my adventurer went to on a Tuesday when he was seven before mm-hmm. I sit down and write. And so I... Usually start prepping around mid-September, um, mm-hmm. me personally, just because of the the level of detail I like to go into. Um, okay. and then we open up the Preptober forums and, and the no- NanoRhymo prep in October to help participants start getting Great. ready. Um, okay. For the main event. <laughs>
1: Wonderful. Well, it's been great having you, Letitia Jones, and thank you so much for telling us all about NanoRIMO. Um, thanks also to our engineers, Matt Widener and Aaron Keller, to Ryan Treasure, to our executive producer Robert Cialino, and most of all to you, our listeners. Remember to stay safe and put it on the page. Become a RIMO. Till next week. Thank you for dropping in. <laughs>
0: Thank you so much for dropping in. Please join Diane Dewey again next Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll see you then.